Advisors of the Institute of Responsible Wealth may be licensed for investment in insurance products. The Institute of Responsible Wealth is an educational division of CNA Financial Group. CNA Financial Group and its advisors are an agency or an agent of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC. Park Avenue Securities is an indirect, wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. The Institute of Responsible Wealth and CNA Financial Group are not affiliates or subsidiaries of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. The following show is for informational purposes only. Individual situations may vary and the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Happy New Year and welcome to Discovering Responsible Wealth. This is our monthly coaching call and podcast for all of our clients and friends in our community. So, welcome. This program is produced by the Institute of Responsible Wealth, which is a resource center for you. You can visit it at iofrw.com. And aside from that, this is Frank Congelos, your host, along with Jim Shepish, your host. Jim, Frank, Great to see you. you. Great to be with you today, as always. And Happy New Year to you, my friend. And Happy New Year to you. So because this is the first call of the year and we're in January, I think that what our conversation should really be with everyone is really about some goal setting and the significance that some goal setting plays in your life. You know, there's an interesting statistic out that less than 1% of the population actually has written goals down. And, you know, when you look at that, you know, I know that, you know, you'll find people from time to time that, you know, they don't write them down because they don't think they're possible or they think that they have their goals in their head. But, Jim, you and I have coached people. We've coached advisors. We've coached clients for years on the significance of goals. And, you know, just having them in your head or not writing them down is not good enough. That's the truth, Frank. When you don't have them committed to writing, there's nothing to commit to. And at best... You just have wishes in your mind. And then you end up having a plan that sounds like this. Well, I'll get a good night's sleep, hope for the best tomorrow. And then nothing good happens. And, and here's the, the reality of it, you know, because, you know, there's a lot of people that have different perspectives and they go, you know, what about goals and so forth? I, I'm not a big believer in that. But I always say that life gives you what you plan for. And when I say that life gives you what you plan for, if I don't write anything down, I have no goals, I have no objectives in any aspect of my life. I really can't say, well, I was hoping for something different because what we have in our life is exactly reflective of what we should have had. Mm-hmm. All of the components necessary to put us where we are today have done what they should do. You know, whether That's it's probably right. And when you think about it, whether it's financial or physical or any aspect of our life, you know, if I haven't, you know, it's like my favorite thing this time of the year and I kid around a lot is that the gyms in January are full. Yeah, because everybody makes that New Year's resolution. I'm going to get healthy. I'm going to eat right. So come January 1st, the gyms are full. And then what happens in February? They're empty. (laughs) And the reason being is because what happened was everybody kind of saw that as, okay, here's my New Year's resolution. I'm going to get in shape. But here's one of the interesting things. So they may have said it, so it was spoken, but maybe not written down. So there was never a point where I can reference back and say, so what is it that my goal was? And so I always say, you know, it's kind of interesting. There's an interesting book out. uh, I think it came out maybe three or four years ago, maybe a little longer than that. It was put out by a gentleman by the name of Simon Sinek. And the name of the book was Start Start With with Why. And maybe, Jim, you take a few minutes and, you know, kind of expand upon, you know, that whole reference point of where that comes from. 
Well, the Y in this case is not the letter Y. The Y in this case is W-H-Y. And the whole meaning of this is to have a purpose, purposeful. Do things with full intention and intent. Great point. You know, it's, it's interesting is, you know, there's a lot of people that, you know, when they think in terms of goals, they start with what. Mm-hmm. And they think in terms of what they want, okay, but they never really spend time on why they want it. So what happens is they really end up not being very committed to whatever that goal is. So if my goal was that I wanted to lose 15 pounds and I just want to lose 15 pounds because I thought it was a nice number and there was no significance behind it, I'm probably never going to do it. However, if I said I need to lose 15 pounds because, uh, as an example, and, and I don't have any of these coming up. I have had a couple of these in the last few years, but maybe I had a wedding coming up and I wanted to look good for the wedding. All of a sudden, it was like I have a reason, so there's a why. I've got a time frame, which is a date in the future of when I'm trying to accomplish this by. So in anything that we do, that why really is the leverage towards helping someone to accomplish whatever that goal is that they're trying to do. That is exactly right. You know, Frank, when you talked about the health, you reminded me of the book that you wrote a few years back, Discovering Responsible Wealth, and you talked about the wealth building blocks, the fundamental wealth building blocks, and it strikes me that you could use your wealth building blocks to have a separate goal scenario for each building block, starting with why. So, Frank, if you could expound upon those wealth building, those building blocks of life and how you can build a plan around those. So when I originally wrote that book, the significance of those wealth building blocks was really to help people get a balanced life. And the reality is, is that we're never really happy unless we're in balance, meaning that I can be doing great in a career, I can do, be doing wonderfully financially, but if my relationship with my wife and my children aren't good, or if my health isn't good, I may be very successful here, but I'm not doing well over there, and so I'm out of balance, and I'm probably not at the optimum. I'm not as happy as I could be. So when I wrote the book, the whole concept behind it was to really identify those wealth-building blocks, which is, in the way that I put them together, is faith, family, health, purpose, and money. And the idea being is, is that I would need to have those wealth building blocks, those aspects of my life in alignment in order for me to be happy, to be balanced, and to really be in a a good place. Right, a balanced scorecard. Exactly. So when we look at these wealth building blocks, and it might not be financially related, and even though we're a financial firm, it's not all about money. Mm -hmm. You know, even when we lay out those wealth building blocks, money comes out last. And even though people here, well, discovering responsible wealth, The whole idea of that wealthy, happy life is that you're getting the life that you want. You know, I always say is, you know, we start out January, which we are, and we've got this clean sheet of paper, and we get to fill in for the next 365 days what it's going to look like. So we can have a life of what I call default, almost like riding on a bumper car and not steering, and wherever life kind of bumps me, I go and I go, hey, it is what it is. Or I can actually put my hands on the steering wheel and identify from point to point where I'm looking to go, which is the purpose of the goal planning. Correct. So, you know, as we look at it, you know, one of the things that I always talk about is to start with the end in mind. Stephen Covey. Another great book. And the whole idea of starting with the end in mind is, is that if we were sitting here on December 31st and we looked back and I said to you, so Jim, 
looking back over what occurred over the last year, what would you want your life to have looked like? What would you like it to look like financially, physically, spiritually, family-wise, and also in your personal development and in your career? What would you want? And that's really the whole purpose of goal planning and the way to do it, which is just envision you're already there. Right. And that is the concept behind the late Stephen Covey's book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Great book to read, along with Simon Sinek's book, before you start your 2015 goal planning. So as we're talking a little bit about this goal planning, a couple of things. We talk about being with the end in mind. Uh, maybe, Jim, just take a minute and talk about the significance of putting something to writing as far as what happens to us psychologically. Well, know, there, there is some – we have a, a friend, Bill Grimes, who is a consultant uh, in our industry. And he talks about there is something in the brain. And it's called the reticular activating system. Jim, I'm giving you a quarter for that one. Okay, that's, that's a quarter a word. Touche. So there is something that happens in the brain when you write things down, and it goes from your hand to the paper to the brain. It's more meaningful. And that's why any professional who gives advice about goal setting is adamant that they must be written. So when you write something, you now have something to commit to and it's more meaningful to you. But what you can't do is take that writing, and when you're done with it, fold it up, put it in a drawer, and don't look at it again. Because if that's all you do with it, then I'm not sure it was even worth doing it. Waste of time. It would be a waste of time. So there has to be a way for you to, to monitor those things that you wrote. And something that I would suggest for anybody to do is when they write their goals, think about the three to five, no more than five, but certainly right around three. What are those three key things that are the most and the highest impact zone for helping you to get toward those goals? So, for example, if you were a pharmaceutical representative and you thought about what your goals look like and you asked yourself, what are the three things that if I did on a daily basis would help me get to where I want to go by year's end? And maybe that was I need to contact by phone at least one brand new doctor per day to get on my schedule. If I were to reach out on LinkedIn and connect with however many it is, it doesn't matter, it's, 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 your, it's your deal, three people a day. If I were to stay in touch with an existing doctor client X amount of times per day, and you define them, whatever those key impact zones are, those three to five key impact zones, and on a piece of paper, have a couple hundred of these sheets of paper, and have them on your desk and every day write down what did I do in zone one what did I do in zone two what did I do in zone three and if you have a day go by where you didn't hit all three zones you missed but if you can turn that into a habit now you have a really great chance of building cumulative effect throughout the year 
and accomplishing those things that you set out to do in all the wealth building blocks. I think it's great, Jim. You know, it's one of the uh, things I notice also when we talk about goal planning that some people, because when they set goals, um, what's required to accomplish them is uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So as an example, it might be that you, know, you have a goal for changing the way a particular relationship is. And so when you might have been you know, going along right along and you know, maybe not communicating the way that you should or whatever, all of a sudden you say, I'm going to be a better communicator with my, with my spouse or with my kids. When you first start doing that, it's uncomfortable because any change is typically uncomfortable. But here's how you know that you're making progress because no growth happens when you're comfortable. So if I was, as an example, going to the gym and trying to exercise, and I did a workout where I didn't sweat, I never felt sore, I basically went and just maybe walked or whatever the case might be, but I felt like I didn't do anything, I'm probably not getting much in the way of results. Right. However, if I left you know, or went through my workout and I'm sore the next day, I was sweating like a madman while I was there, and I had that going on, that discomfort and me knowing that I've kind of pushed the envelope, I went a little bit further, is really what's going to help me to grow. Because no growth happens when we're comfortable. Growth happens when you're uncomfortable. And it happens in every aspect of our life. And in all of those wealth building blocks, it's not about comfort. Because if we were comfortable and that's what we're doing, we're probably just staying right where we are. Right. We're just marking time. The old statement, no pain, no gain, I guess it does apply here. It applies totally in this whole, you know, area of goal setting and the significance of goals. The other thing that I would say is is that once you've written down your goals, uh, one of the key things also is to actually start sharing them with some others. Absolutely. Accountability. It, it's everything. You know, and, and it's, you know, by the way, I always say is there are what I call dream stompers out there. And when I talk about dream stompers is, you know, if you were, you know, one of the, the goals that you had was uh, you're going to own a, a future piece of real estate. Um, you're going to save more money for the future, um, you're going to lose some weight, and you come across someone who is what I call a negative Nancy, you know, which is doesn't matter what you say. It's like, oh, you don't want to do that. Oh, the last time I had this. And, and what they're always doing is they're always pa- talking out of their past bad experiences. And so those dream stompers, I always say, is you have to really avoid those conversations with those people. That's and the truth. You know, I always say is people live in one of three areas. Excuse me. One of the areas they can be living in is the past, which is always talking about yesterday. And the point of talking about yesterday is yesterday is better than today and believed to be better than tomorrow. So they spend their time there. Mm -hmm. Now, there's people that spend a lot of their time in tomorrow. However, sometimes they miss today. But in order to be happy and successful, you've got to live in the moment with the eye on the future and a bright future, that you're progressing towards something you want to accomplish, something that you want to do, so that you're always making progress, remembering the past, okay, and learning from the past, but the focus is typically on where we're going, things we'd like to accomplish, and it's actually giving us our purpose of what we're trying to do and our purpose in our life. It's great, Frank. It reminds me of something that I was taught a long time ago about being respectful and learning from the past, being realistic about where you are now, but very optimistic about your future. And I think you could apply that to the concept that you just mentioned. That's a great point. And then the last thing I would say is be, beyond you know, sharing it, you know, we had changed you know, 
what our the CNA, the acronym, and the name of our firm stands for. You know, it used to be years back it was Congelos and Associates. Uh, then it went to CNA Financial Group, you know, and so forth. And, you know, our whole thing is, is you really need to work with what I refer to as a coach or an advisor coach, which is now CNA Financial Group stands for where coaching and advising makes a difference, which is where a lot of our associates and our partners throughout you know, the country that we work with. And the interesting thing with the Institute of Responsible Wealth is you need to have a responsible wealth advisor slash coach that you can share some of this with, that they can be objective open, listening to some of what you're trying to accomplish. And every once in a while, when they're visiting with you, holding you a little bit accountable and saying, hey, Jim, how are you making out with that? I know that you know one of your goals was X, or you're trying to accomplish Y. How are you doing with that? And that's really what the difference in the relationship is there in your support system. So as we wrap up this month's message, our coaching message for everyone, this has been Frank Congelos and Jim Sheppis. And we wish all of you a very happy, healthy, and prosperous new year. And we look forward to sharing with you in the upcoming months. And get those plans going for 2015. Advisors of the Institute of Responsible Wealth may be licensed for investment and insurance products. The Institute of Responsible Wealth is an educational division of CNA Financial Group. CNA Financial Group and its advisors are an agency or an agent of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC. Park Avenue Securities is an indirect, wholly-owned subsidiary of Guardian. The Institute of Responsible Wealth and CNA Financial Group are not affiliates or subsidiaries of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian.